0: To me at the time, it was like, if you were in a jungle with your team, you know, a leader gets a machete and he's out front slicing through, creating a path for your team to follow. And, you know, that's what I thought a leader was, but what the person explained to me, and I now see was, that's actually not the job of the leader. The leader's job is to climb the tree and have a look at the terrain and say, hey, we're in the wrong jungle, guys. Let's get the hell out of here.
1: Are you ready to hear business stories and learn effective ways to build relationships generate sales, and level up your business from awesome CEOs, entrepreneurs, and founders without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresh values your time and is ready to share with you the valuable info you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the IMCO podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Steve, Steve Carey of Homebuyer Louisiana. Steve, it's awesome to have you on the show. Thanks. It's great to be here. I appreciate you inviting me on. Definitely appreciate you for, for coming on. And before we jumped in, I want to read a little bit more about Steve so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. And Steve is a serial entrepreneur who grew a tech company to over 300 employees, which ended up listing on the Australian Stock Exchange with a market capital, capitalization of three, $315 million. After leaving operational duties at the business, he moved his family to New Orleans and started Homebuyer Louisiana, which helps homeowners sell properties by buying them directly for cash. Steve, are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? For sure. Awesome. Well, let's do it then. So to kind of kick everything off, I know I read a little bit in your bio, but I wanted to hear a little bit more on how you got started. Could you take us through what I call your CEO story? What we'll let you get started with your business?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I can trace back where I started to uh, when I was at university, actually, uh, back in uh, 2000, um, obviously from Australia, originally, so in Sydney. And my friend convinced me to go to a Robert Kiyosaki seminar. And wasn't really into seminars at that point in time, but like I just, for whatever reason, I went and just literally like mind opened um, immensely. Just, just something clicked, talking about the, you know, cash flow quadrant and et cetera. So, um, you know, I then just started consuming all that information. I still had another, I think, year and a half left of university. So it gave me a bit of time to think and read and think about what I want to do. I was, study, I was studying like marketing and economics and you know, the intention was to get a job. But like based on that seminar, I went, you know what, like I'm gonna start my own business. So, you know, I started my business straight out of university, you know, emerged a couple of times, you know, I used my marketing skills to consult to small businesses. Then I specialized in like helping natural therapists um, market their business that led me to, you know, business partner who had a natural therapies website. And, you know, we sort of merged our businesses. And also there was a home improvement website, which was high pages which is the company that uh, we listed on the stock exchange uh, only a couple of months back. Um, so, and then, you know, I sort of left operations of there uh, about two and a half years ago, uh, you know, growing to a size that, you know, we had 300 staff, you know, it just, it, it was great. I didn't need to be there, you know, to be honest, like listing the is probably, you know, I'm a good startup person, but like it was ready for someone, you know, a bigger boy to come in and uh, take, take over. Um, and so I moved to New Orleans and, You know, I've always liked property, also a Robert Kiyosaki thing. He's like, buy properties, use your business to buy properties. So, you know, the market's really good over here. So, you know, I buy properties direct from homeowners. I flip them, you know, I turn them into rentals. And um, yeah, that's really, but really what got me started was that Robert Kiyosaki seminar just opened everything up to me.
1: Nice. That's definitely exciting to hear, you know, how, you know, sometimes just getting an opportunity to take a step into something sometimes we don't always think that we will be doing. Kind of opens up the entire world and opportunities from there. Absolutely. Nice, and and so I know I did you know touch a little bit on you know how exactly you you, know, you serve the clients that you work with. Could you tell
0: us a little bit more about that and what exactly that process looks like? Yeah, so so we um we basically uh, we deal with problem properties or, or problem situations, right? So we're not if someone has a really nice house, like they should list with a realtor, get all homeowners through it, and get top dollar, right? We are mm-hmm. the other end of the market where people have houses that like. Are damaged, you know. They need a lot of repairs. Uh, Maybe there's tenants in there, and it's really hard to show. So, really, those problem properties that that are very hard to sell. So, we help people by just really understanding their situation, and we purchase those properties direct from them for cash. And because it's cash, like often, you know, if you're listing through a realtor, you know, someone might get finance. And if your home is damaged and needs repairs, like the banks normally won't lend on it, so that homeowner can't buy it, or they don't want to buy it because it's not ready. So. You know we really help those people with those problem properties be able to sell them we make it really easy they don't have to clean up after themselves we just provide a really painless solution and then we do that work we're the ones that come in and fix it up and that's our expertise so you know we the client doesn't have to pay realtor commissions and they have a really easy transaction you know we get at a decent price where we can actually do our work and, and make a profit on a flip or, or a rental
1: Nice. That, that makes sense. And it kind of sounds like you, you fill in um, that gap in opportunity where, like you said, you know, sometimes people have the property and they can't do anything with it and they don't know where to turn. But at the same time, you guys are able to kind of get
0: that opportunity. So it sounds like a win win opportunity, potentially. Absolutely. That's It's. we have a, our, our one of our main values is that we do not do a deal unless both people are um, smiling at the closing table. And that's that, you know, like that the homeowners be happy, you know, we're not, we don't want to pay them under what they need to get. Like we will not buy, if they're not happy with what we're offering, we won't buy the property, you know? And likewise, we also need to be happy too, though. We need to, right. so it needs to be a win-win scenario. Um, and, and that's definitely our goal. Yeah, that, that makes so much sense. And, and definitely,
1: you know, as you said so, so well, like a lot of times if we're not the best fit, then maybe you can go a different way, but you're trying to look for, it sounds like a very specific segment of the, the, the market and be able to kind of create those win-win opportunities. Absolutely. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And so what would you consider to be what I call your secret sauce? And this could be for yourself personally or your business or a combo of both, but what do
0: you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique? So from a from a from a business point of view, I think it's really our, our listening ability. You know, we we are very much listen and, and that's a difference because we are the, to create those win-win solutions that you mentioned, like you actually need to know what's motivating the person. And everyone's different. Sometimes it's like they just need to sell really fast. Sometimes it's like it's a burden of, of the property. Like when we listen, we know what they want, and our goal is to give them what they want, but also structure in a way that works for us. So, right. ability to listen. We have techniques and ways that we we discuss and get information and, and determine what they really need, uh, so we can give it to them. I think on a personal level, like my secret source, you know, I, I think um, I I just always move forward. You know, I always never never get too down like i don't let things bother me you know i don't get too excited or i don't get too low regardless yeah. of what's happening and just always always push forward you know even if you're in a bad situation you're like what's my best move let's let's move there and you just keep moving forward keep growing and you'll you know if you as long as you go in the right direction you'll you'll always do well
1: Yeah. And that makes so much sense, especially um, I always say this phrase that I heard from an internship I had, where it's like control what you can control. And I think that if you have those actions and you understand that I can control that um, and not get too high, like, because if you get too high, then you're maybe like resting on your laurels a little bit. But if you get really low, then you don't want to do anything. You try to find that middle ground and try to stay there as much as possible and just be consistent with your actions. That helps to increase your likelihood of not just being successful, but sustaining it as well, too. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, and I, and I love that listening skill part because um, I think so many times um, we don't realize opportunities are the, the ways by which we can make those win-win scenarios, but by listening and, and engaging and really, truly understanding what people are looking for, then it allows that opportunity for that to come to fruition. Uh,
0: listening is, is under, an underrated skill. You know, we work on it, you know, we train on it, we, we just, just actually listening is a really important skill that I think most people don't use.
1: Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with that, definitely. So
0: it's good that you're able to do it.
1: You and your team are able to do it. And so um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more
0: effective and efficient? So habit-wise, so I, I think the the most important thing I've used through my career is uh, prioritization and, and um, backlog. So we use the, um, the impact effort um, great. And if you know that, so you, so mm-hmm. you, there's always so many things you can do. I think the, the, the problem any company has is there's actually too many opportunities. You're right. There's too many. So, so what do you do first and what's the order? So, you know, what we always have done is when there's all this stuff going on, we step back and we just, we idea, just put ideas on post-it notes, get them all out there. And then we put them on, um, on a graph and the graph is on one axis, you have uh impact mm-hmm. You have impact, so like, what's the impact of this initiative? Then you have effort. Is it easy or hard? And they got a quadrant, right? So mm. anything that is high impact, low effort, you are doing that first, right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't take much effort. It's going to have a high impact. You're going to do it. Anything, anything that is high effort, low impact. Hopefully, you're never going to do that. That's <laughs> that, stay away from that, right? right. Um, any anything that is uh, you know high effort, high impact that's you know that's more of a project you, you you know you want to do all your quick wins first and then mm. work on those projects so uh we would periodically do that exercise then you just create a backlog you have all those ideas and they've got all the prioritizations mm. so quick wins first we're not doing anything but that let's knock that out of the park next 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 and then after a little while then you gotta and then when you get new ideas you get you know people chase shiny objects when new ideas come i now have a place to put it i'm like okay yeah. I, you put it where it is on the matrix, put it in the backlog, and whenever it's the next thing, we'll do it. But I'm not doing it until then. Nice, I absolutely love that. And I think,
1: especially, uh, truly entrepreneurial people have a, a tremendous amount of ideas and things that they want to tackle. So I think it works within an organization, but also it works, you know, personally and in both ways, really, because you, you don't kind of ignore those opportunities you don't like say oh you, you shouldn't have those kind of ideas you just put them in their proper place and you say okay we're running a marathon so this is where it falls on the line and then you start to, to realize what those quick wins are those opportunities
0: and then start to scale things and, and prioritize them related to that. and it flows through to motivating your staff because I think there's nothing you know once you have a big team like it can be really demotivating when the team members have these really good ideas and they don't feel like they're being listened to Because, you know so like you can't always do it whereas having that process you can appease them in the sense of that's a great idea. Like we're not doing it right now. Right. But a backlog. So it's there and you can track, you can like so it helps it help you help collect ideas, you get more ideas, but your staff can see where things are at and they don't feel like they're not being heard. They can see that it's it's in the backlog to be done.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it always feels like there's a tension between, you know, prioritization and being able to create ideas, but to be able to have that combination of both and, and, that, and that visual, um, it allows, as you said, to keep team camaraderie and I think energy towards creating ideas, uh, but also allows you to, to make sure that you're singularly focused on that opportunity that's before you and not, you know, trying to do too many things at the same time. Absolutely. Awesome, and so I want to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. So this could be like a word of wisdom or a piece of advice. It might be something you would tell a client, or if you hopped into a time machine, you might
0: tell your younger business self. So what I, what I, what I tell myself, I would I would learn to like build MVPs. You know, minimal viable products. I'm not familiar with the term, but it sort of links to the it helps with the prioritization. But I think too many people have this really great idea, and it took me a while to learn this right. And I had to to, to suck it up because I'm, I'm speaking to myself, but I'll speak to listeners too. Like nine out of 10 of your ideas suck. Face it. Like, like it's, it's, it's a harsh reality, but like I learned that about myself. You have these ideas, you think they're awesome. Right. But until you test it in the market, often you're wrong. You know, you make wrong assumptions. And I think the mistake a lot of people make is they think this idea is great. And therefore they spend all this time they plan and it's done am building this thing. And that building might take six months, a year. And it's like, and then they launch and they're like, Whoa, like it's not working. Yeah, right. so obviously the, the MVP, the minimal viable product philosophy is the fastest dirtiest way you can test an idea. You know, you might even throw up a landing page, that doesn't work. Maybe there's a form and maybe, maybe, there's no back end build, but just throw it up there, see people fill it out. Right. Because if no one fills it out, don't bother building the back end. What what are you building it for? You know what I mean? If someone's filling it out, well now you know, okay, that's working, let's build on it. So, you know, um, I think that's the most important for any leader, just learn to test the concepts, see what the market thinks. Once you test and you see it working, throw everything at it. But what I always found was these 10 ideas, I thought all of them were great. Didn't work, didn't work, didn't work, didn't work. And because I failed fast, I MVP'd it, Mm -hmm. then I got to the one that worked way quicker I spent less time less resources. And when I got it, I would follow through and, and, and make it happen, you know, yeah, that makes so much sense. I absolutely love that. And, and I think
1: it's a great concept to kind of take in mind. And, and as we were kind of, and I love how it ties in right with what we were talking about as far as the, um you know, the hacking, because I think, we have ideas sometimes, even within our team, we have ideas. So even giving that opportunity to kind of run with that, but do it in a, a dirty, quick way just to get the market feedback and then iterate right from there, that allows you to really see if it has legs, if it has potential, if it's something you want to put more resources into or something that you got to, to, to try, see if it worked. Maybe you got that information that will help you out with another project, but maybe that thing isn't necessarily it. 100% awesome 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 so now i wanted to ask you my absolute favorite question which is the definition of what it means to be a ceo and we're
0: hoping our different quote-unquote ceos on the show so steve what does being a ceo mean to you i might use an analogy actually um someone gave to me i forget i forget who it was it probably comes from somewhere but i, so I don't know who to attribute it to but you know they gave me this analogy and you know at one time you know what's a, what's being a leader and you know to me at the time it was like if, if you were in the jungle with your team you know a leader gets a machete and he's at, out front slicing through, creating a path for your team to follow. And, you know, that, that's what I thought a leader was. But what the person explained to me and I now see was that's actually not the job of the leader. The leader's job is to climb the tree and have a look at the terrain and say, hey, we're in the wrong jungle, guys. Let's get the hell out of here. Mm. And that, that's what I think it means to be a leader. You need to be questioning what's happening, questioning the direction, always looking for alternatives and just making sure you're, you're on the right path.
1: Yeah, and that's absolutely huge, and that's why I love how it ties into the hacks and nuggets that you mentioned as well, too. Because I think so many times it becomes, I guess I don't know, want to say if I know if I want to say glamorized you know, to be that one with the machete in the front, leading the team in the charge. But if you're going the completely wrong place, then where are you? Are are you well? You might be leading, but you, are you a good leader at the end of the day? Because you really want to be able to take and look at it and see, like, we're in the wrong place. So the true leader will say, "Let's go back the other way." Exactly. Awesome. 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 Well, Steve, truly appreciate that definition and that metaphor. Um, and I appreciate your time even more. What I wanted to do is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they can get hold of you and find out about all the awesome things
0: you and your team are working on. Well, I, I just encourage all your, your listeners. I mean, I'm, I'm awesome. You're listening to these podcasts and you're, you're out there seeking information. Keep going. Information is everything, you know, like I, I read and consumed and that's what led me to where where I am now. So So keep doing that. Uh, if anyone wants to connect with me, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, my name's Stephen Steven Keery, It's S-T-E-H-E-N um, and then K-E-I-G-H-E-R. Connect me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to help wherever I can. And uh, I wish you all the best on your journey.
1: Awesome. 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 Thank you so much, Steve. We will have the links and information in the show notes as well, too, so that everybody can follow up with you. But definitely appreciate you know all the awesome work you did, uh, you're doing. And of course, the time and the value that you provided today. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the IMCEO CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. IMCEO CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Get your driven CEO gear at ceogear.co. This has been the IMCEO CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.